realfaith.org.au. Like I'd never been bullied as a kid, uh, high school, never been bullied. Had you know really pleasant experiences working with people in churches. And it was only when I went overseas that I experienced bullying, and, and so I've actually had this real passion now to support vulnerable people and people who are in a bullying situation. So as a school chaplain, when I became a chaplain, it was like uh, any kid that was being bullied, I'd just really take that on board and help them as much as I could. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life, and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Peter Cavanaugh has a passion for helping people improve relationships. He has worked to these ends as a teacher, a school counselor, a school chaplain, and a pastor. He has a track record as an innovator and has even developed a tool to help prevent bullying in schools called trust mapping. We'll find out his unique story today. Welcome to the program, Peter Cavanaugh. Hey, Eric. Good to see you. Glad to have you with us. And we have so much to your life. There's so many things that you've been involved in, innovating different tools. But let's get started all the way back to your childhood. Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Maui and grew up in Churchill, um, Latrobe Valley mining town, and um, lived on a cute little farm, 10 acres. And were you raised in a Christian family? Yep. Yeah, Christian family, yeah. My dad was into the Gideons, a Bible distribution group and so i grew up with lots of bibles yeah and what age did you become a christian yeah about nine i trusted jesus and then going into your high school years you're involved in leading christian youth groups yeah yeah by about the age of 15 i was put in charge of yeah youth groups and camps and so forth and leading them yeah so all going well strong in your faith yeah my family moved to a, a campsite called forest edge and i really enjoyed that and yeah at school leading christian groups and that yep so, all kind of cruising along in your faith, go to university. How did that go? Yeah, university was was rough. Just um, I was doing an arts degree, so just exposed to lots of different ideas. Um, lived on campus in college, so lots of moral issues about you know, drinking and so forth. And yeah, so I just found it a real challenge. Also, was studying some Jewish history, and uh, the Jewish history were uh, poking at Christianity as being a problem. Uh, and I'd never really experienced that. I'd always seen it as such a positive thing. And um, so, yeah, with all these things, you know, atheist lecturers, Jewish lecturers, um, moral difficulties that in the campuses, you just I just came to a point of, you know, is it, is any of this true? But come out of that be- believing in Jesus. Um, so your faith for the first time in your life was really being challenged. Yeah, I remember reading the whole Bible through maybe in a two-month period and just um, questioning everything that I've ever been told about Jesus and, you know, was it actually what the Bible said? Um, but, yeah, came through that time, met my wife uh, that year, so a really difficult year, but I m- met Mim and that was a beautiful time, yeah. So could you say that you kind of went from childhood Christianity to more of an adult faith? Mm. Would that be a fair way of summing That's it up? a great way to say it, yeah. Okay, so you got through that challenge, kind of a, a doubting period going from strength to strength, and then what was the next part of your life? Uh, so I became a youth pastor. I was just really uh, enthusiastic about telling people about Jesus and uh, living a real faith with people. Um, loved that and just built up a, a good core core of young people. Um, and then we took a trip to the Philippines and uh, a, an island called Mindanao, just really impacted by just the need 
around the globe. And so I um, came back from that. And my wife was already committed to supporting missions. She'd been to Ukarampa in Papua New Guinea. But um, I got on board and so we, we decided we'd become missionaries. Um, went to Bible college for two years in Sydney. And With the intention of eventually becoming a missionary? Yeah, yeah, just to get equipped. And mm-hmm. and then um, a year back in, in Victoria and then before we went to Vietnam. So now this is all sounding like the ideal Christian life. You know, a strong faith, had some challenges, some doubts, but came through it. Bible school, going to be a missionary. I mean, what more could any parent ask for? Their their child, they're growing as a strong Christian. Yeah. Sounds too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. So um, we hit Southeast Asia or Vietnam and um, we found that our team was really difficult to deal with. Um, so with, had, with the ministry that you had gone to be a missionary with? Yeah, the leaders leadership there was really difficult and so yeah we just actually found that uh, it was quite abusive um in what way uh so it was very controlling and Mm. so we we weren't allowed to have anyone in our house who we weren't introduced to by our leaders um uh, he was yeah quite fearful because of uh, the communist country and so forth so um, and also just uh, aggressive and um Mm. uh, attacking my wife mim in, in a yeah, in a particular meeting that was really difficult and yeah. So hard. that had to be very disappointing that mm. you know, you'd saved up, yep. you had people Spent supporting you, trained two years at Bible college, yep. And then you get there and I guess you could say you felt like you weren't being respected or kind of being Yeah. Strong armed in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So we made the decision that we would look to move to another city. Um we took a trip to kinda of get away from the guy that yeah, and the other thing was that that we didn't realize how strong the Christian church in Saigon was. Um, there's heaps of really good churches there already. Um, we wanted to go to a place where there wasn't many, so we, we mm-hmm. decided we'd move to the center, which is Huay. Um, I, I just wanted to ask, so it's a communist country, but it does allow some Christianity? Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Yep. So there is a kind of a freedom of religion to a certain um, extent? It's not a freedom of religion, but there's... Um, yeah, the, the evangelical church has a relationship with the government. Yeah, the, the government-approved churches, yep. Just like in China there is, yeah. So I'm just wondering, you said that the leadership of the ministry was kind of controlling. Would they say, well, we had to be because we're in a communist country and you have to be careful? Would that be yeah. kind of yep, sure. part of yeah. what they're thinking? Yeah, yeah. So so like we had you know, police come to our house in the middle of the night Why twice. was that? Um, various issues. Uh, I would say that it's actually though to push you so that you'd give bribes. That's my take on it, but I might be wrong. Um, yeah, but you know, the dozen cops turn up and tell you to wake your little kids and bring them down. And wow, so yeah. it's very easy to get things wrong culturally. Yeah, but when you have a kind of a controlling government, yep, you don't want to get on the wrong side of them. Yep, and then you have a controlling team, yeah, or team leadership. Um, so, yeah, so we tried to move to Huey. Um, my daughter had an accident on that trip. and um, She tripped and fell? She tripped and fell and was unconscious for over 30 minutes. Wow. Um, really, really quite frightening. And when we came back, we were actually, instead of being uh, received well by our, our team, um, uh, my wife was really attacked uh, verbally by, by our leader. Yeah. So, Not what you would expect. No, you wouldn't expect that yeah. from Christians who, were, yeah. you know, who follow Jesus and so take then care you- of people thought well hey i'll talk to the superior yeah surely they'll see yeah one week later we had a trip from the uh, leader from thailand and uh he said you know we we could go and see 
see the the leader, but you and I know that would make no difference to the situation, so we'll just let it be. Um, and then he also told us not to communicate any of this with our leaders back in Melbourne or our church elders, so which is a um, big red flag. Yeah, speaking of a red flag, if you're ever in a ministry and they ask you not to talk about a challenge that you're going through, I mean, typically, if you have a challenge in your faith, something just doesn't seem right. If you go to your pastor or a trusted Christian mentor, you know, you should talk to That's a healthy thing to do, just yeah. to bounce things well, off a, of them. Anyone, like a, even a kid in school or you know, someone saying, don't tell someone. That's always a red yeah, flag. a red flag that something's not quite right. I mean, something... Christianity is all about the light, light yeah, and so you want to have light. You don't want to have things done in darkness. Yeah, but they're actually saying don't talk. Yeah, kind of the the don't talk rule. Yeah, which is like a number one sign of a problem, church or ministry. Yep, yep. So so it took six months before we were allowed to leave this really traumatic experience. Uh, at the same time, we had a builder building on one side of our house, like literally on the side of our house. Um, constant construction noise constantly. <laughs> it was just like craziness. Uh, but we couldn't leave because we um, wanted mm. to leave to the whole city. Um, yeah, so when we finally arrived back, um, our you know, elders and our um, team leaders of the mission had no no clue of what we'd been through. Mm. And so were you actually told at one point, you can't leave? Well, the way abuse and a bullying occurs is they put you in a situation where you you can't do anything but what they tell you so we're in a situation where it's not working and we want to leave and our leaders say well you can't leave unless you do the right thing and the right thing is to tell nobody and to do whatever do what the I say. dysfunctional yeah. leader is asking you to yeah. do yeah yep so you kind of feel trapped you're trapped yeah and, and then you go above that level yep and then the dysfunctional leadership will support dysfunctional leadership yeah below yeah and then you go to the third level higher and they support the dysfunction, yeah. So eventually you leave? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we were, were actually our, our church elders. I, I didn't want to leave because there was um, some money tied up in the, with, you know, that supporters had given, and I wanted to use utilize that to you know, do more work. So that's kind of a dilemma. Yeah. So you eventually leave? Yep. A leave. little older. And I have $10,000. And so I invest that um, in making a ministry tool to teach English around the globe because one of the things we saw when we were overseas is how desired learning English is. Mm-hmm. So I made, made a tool um, that would be a CD-ROM and you could copy it and you know, this is just as the web was sort of becoming really popular um, and people all around the world could access um, English, free English lessons that taught about the Bible as you studied English. Yeah. Well, how cool is that? Very cool. Yeah. Because, yeah, everybody wants to learn English. Yeah. It's a way of getting ahead and, in business. Yep, and so what we've seen, uh, yeah, people in my church have become Christians through it, um, and and in Vietnam, uh, yeah, in Vietnam, we've heard of people in my city of Saigon who actually trusted Jesus because of the project that I invented. Oh, fantastic! In my country town in Australia, in Victoria, <laughs> rather than being rather than being in um, in Saigon. So yeah, like God has a very unusual ways of utilizing us for his purposes. Sometimes we think that it's all gone terribly wrong, but it hasn't uh, in his in his economy. Mm-hmm. He's still... Um, Th- yeah, that's a very good way of putting it because mm. you could say, hey, I went to Bible school and mm. I had people support me, all this, and it just went pear-shaped with differences with the leadership. 
Yeah. And, and you could say, well, no good's going to come out of this. Yeah, but God promises that good comes out of every situation. It doesn't, um, you know, terrible things happen, like with Joseph. Um, you know, his brother throw him down a well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ends up as a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and then when he meets his brothers later, he says, you know, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what's being done, the saving mm-hmm. of many yep. lives. So, so that's yeah, good to know. Because, people will people yeah. will do us harm. Yeah, yeah. But God is is working even through their harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both things are yeah. occurring at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Our guest today is Christian innovator Peter Cavanaugh. He's been a teacher, a school counselor, a school chaplain, and a pastor, and he's developed tools to help spread the gospel and to help prevent bullying. We'll find out about that and more when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and our guest today is Christian innovator Peter Cavanaugh. Before the break, we heard how he had a less than pleasant experience as a missionary in Vietnam. However, through it all, he learned a number of valuable lessons, and it cultivated within him a heart for helping those who have been bullied. And I guess through, through this, um, like I'd never been bullied as a kid, uh, high school, never been bullied. Um, had you know really pleasant experiences working with people in churches. Mm-hmm. It was only when I went overseas that I experienced bullying at a kind really, of a, a rude awakening. Yeah, at a really high level, actually. Um, and, and so I've actually had this real passion now to support vulnerable people and people who are in a bullying situation. So as a school chaplain, when I became a chaplain, I was like. Uh, any kid that was being bullied, I'd just really take that on board and help them as much as I could. Because uh, you had them. been in a situation. I think so, yeah. Mm. I didn't didn't realize that till recently, but yeah, it gave me a real heart for the vulnerable people. Um, it also, when I was in leadership, when we planted a church, um, it really checked my heart of not to lord it over people or, or dominate people. Mm. Yeah. There's a verse in the Bible about that? Sure. That's meant a lot to you in your life? Yeah, 1 Peter 5. Um, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So basically don't lord it over people who are under you, that yeah. you're, you're in authority over. Yeah, set an example of, of godliness. and So because uh, you had an example of that not being done in a healthy way, God kind of cultivated in you a heart for doing it the opposite, servant leadership. Yeah, I, I hope so. Like, um, you know, you'd have to ask the people that have been under me. Some might not agree. Some might think that <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah, you did go on to start a church, so we could ask them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we started Rope Factory Church. Give me some phone Acts numbers. I to check up on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 
like it, but it is difficult leading. So it's not a it's not an easy thing to lead people. Um, so I suppose yeah. lording over is kind of a, an easy thing to fall into because yep. why you know be nice and consult different people and all that when you could just say hey just do what I say. Yeah, I mean it's kind of a trap that a leader could fall into. Yeah, yep. Um, there's the two traps of not leading at all and of dominating, and that somewhere in the middle is is leading Healthy. like Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, who, you know, Jesus is very strong. You wouldn't read the Gospels and say that Jesus is not a strong leader, and yet he doesn't dominate. He doesn't insist on people doing his will. He gives people options. You know, you follow me or not follow me. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's so many different things that you became involved in. You did say that you were a school chaplain and you had a heart for people who were kind of being ostracized. Yeah, bullied. Yeah, um, that's it's been a big thing in Victorian schooling or Australian schooling. Um, yeah, and so I was just really. Um, but what I, uh, we'd put in lots of energy. There was actually a really good chaplain who wrote a book called Shared Responsibilities, called Ian Finlay, and um, I loved it. And we'd find great um, results when we, we would you know, help help bullying situations. But even then, you'd you'd go. So much energy would go into bullying situations. Like the principal would be spending time with the the parents and you know people were so upset and the scars happened to kids and you just think if we could get ahead of it and and stop it happening before the events happen before the scars are there yeah, yeah that's it so i come up with a tool called trust mapping um which is to look at kids and to preempt bullying well how good is that how basically does it work um so every student in the group, and several schools have done this. So this is a yeah. Just a you're theory. in about fifty schools now on five continents. Yeah, wow. But we wow. started in um, two little country schools in Victoria, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So every student in the group refers to every other student in the group every term, and so and then you you can see um, you know who who is most trusted and who's least trusted. So we turned it from looking at bullying to looking at trust. So relationships are formed on trust. So. Um, and, and it doesn't stay the same. So people that you don't trust now can win your trust or vice versa. You can lose trust. And so to be able to see that and to see which students are not trusted, um, those students who feel not trusted but actually are, that, that's very interesting. So every student is kind of saying how they feel about another student. On a or- very s- simple um, yeah, spectrum of trust. There's a five-point point spectrum. So you say, I'm at peace with them. We're friends. Um, where he's he or she is my um, trusted ally. So they're your positives. Then your negatives are I'm unsure of them, or th- um, finally they are actively against me. And so, so if they choose to say that they're actively against you, then then as a teacher, then you can go and ask them about that, and you can put things in place so that um, bullying doesn't eventuate. Or if it is, you can respond to that immediately. Yeah. So that's a, a wonderful tool for a teacher to have. Mm where they know student X feels that 10 people in the class are against them. Mm. Yeah, so um, a, a good teacher will always have some idea of what's going on. Yeah, um, just intuitively. Yeah, intuitively. And then a really good teacher will actually ask. So like, you can go into a classroom and choose two kids that like you, and there's always a couple, and say, um, you know, what's going on in the class? You know, Who's getting along and who's not getting along? And you can get some information about that. But this actually means you're asking every student every term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and of course they they don't have to tell you the, the the in detail. They can, you know, but it gives them the opportunity, and you can follow it up. So, if a teacher looks at the results, 
and knows kind of that well this person here nobody likes or whatever they can take positive proactive steps to try to include them more into yeah school activities is that so how like, it works for sure so the first thing is this the the teachers themselves can rally around that student and be connecting to them now that does two things first of all it gives them some connections but it also means that if they run into troubles they've already got some strong adult connections mm-hmm. um but one thing that one of my excellent teachers larry McEwen up in queensland did was he took one of the the really popular kids in his class and asked him if he would he was actually a christian boy and said would you um make friends with this other boy who was not connected and then over the year we saw him move right across to become one of the most connected students himself wow yeah so i mean that's got to feel really good that you were able to develop this tool yeah it's just a tool it's just a it's actually the teachers who do the hard work but yeah it's nice to be part of it so how does this tool practically help bullies from not being bullies? Well, the tool is only only a litmus test. It only tells you that the, the work comes from the, the people themselves. But um, but one thing you can do is just have those conversations. So one of our excellent teachers, she will um, just sit sit people down. She'll, she'll put them together and work through. Now, she's very good at mediating. You wouldn't do that um, if you weren't good at it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and just talk it through because often um, you know, things just go unsaid. And, and mm. if you're able to talk face to face, often bullies, which is this is an unusual thing, is bullies um, don't realise the pain they are causing. Mm. That often um, there's, there is psychopathic, uh, sociopathic uh, issues, but majority of bullies just aren't concerned at all about the impact they're having. And once you actually get them to look at the impact, they don't like it. Hmm. And often a bully has been bullied themselves. That's why they yeah, picked up yeah. this behaviour. Um, so if they can see, oh, I'm doing what what I hate, but I'm doing it to someone else, often that will be enough to curb their behaviour. In that. kind of like the golden rule, yeah, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Yep, yep. So so empathy is a really big one. So mm-hmm. um, so so to curb bullying behaviour, this is using Ian Finlay's advice. Um, I have interviews with the kids um, without the victim present. I talk to victims separately um, to equip them to be able to handle it. Um, but the, the bully, you would say to them, can you help me? So you don't come in aggressively. Can you help me with a problem? Um, have you noticed that this, this person hasn't been doing so well? Um, do you do you know about bullying? You educate them about it. This is what you say to the yeah, bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, often that's when they'll say, I've experienced it before, and then you can talk to them about that. Uh, then you talk to them about um, what can you do to improve the situation and then get them to sign that they'll do that and then um, finally say, I'll follow this up next week or whatever. It's interesting. Um, so you're kind of, hey, hey, there's a problem. Can you help me solve mm, this problem? Yep. So you're kind of getting them on your team, so to speak. Yep. When, and when seen, actually they are the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen three, I've, I distinctly remember three kids sitting in my office doing this and saying, and two of them sort of had their arms crossed, like, you know, I'm not going to help. And the third one's like, oh, sure, I can help. And what can you do to help? Well, I could invite him to play guitar in my band. I was like, okay. And then by the end of the day, victims playing guitar with bullies, band, and they're all laughing and enjoying each other. This is grade six kids. Wow. That turned around quickly. Yeah. And it was just one kid who was able to realize he'd done the wrong thing. And you give them an opportunity to make it right. And they do. And some people want to make it right. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier that hurt people hurt others. Yes. That a lot of bullies were bullied. 
Yes. So that's kind of the root cause. Are you dealing with that root cause? Well, that's that's right. Once once it's a serial issue, then you, you know you bring psychologists, school counselors into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing is, do you realize you're hurting others? So that helps. And then why are you doing that? Um, but that that might be a more maturity issue. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's we've all got blind spots that we, you know, it might take a, a few years for them to come to the point of realizing why they're abusing others but mm-hmm. but if we can help them as children rather than waiting till when they're you know they're you know they're, they're married or you know abusing yeah, their yeah. own I mean, children well, unfortunately yeah, yeah that could yeah. carry over onto other relationships and in their adult lives with their co-workers and spouse yeah 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 you know, i've had i've had year eight kids who are tough as nails who are like aggressive and hurtful like you know giving them kleenexes because they're talking about their experience of being bullied when they're in grade three Mm. Single I- abuse can impact us for the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so to, to find ways of dealing with that abuse rather than abusing others is really important for all of us, including myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just kind of step back from this whole situation and look over everything we've chatted about. I mean, it's got to be very, very gratifying to know that even though you went through some tough stuff, it helped shape you and gave you a heart and maybe inspired you to develop this tool. That is helping kids not have a terrible childhood. Yes. Is that a kind of a it is, simple yeah. way of summing it up? Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. Thanks. I love, <laughs> I love, I love um, innovation. I love um, relationships. Um, love seeing people healthy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and about the, some of the innovative things that you've been involved in. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. And if you want to learn more about trust mapping, the tool that Peter Kavanaugh has developed to help prevent bullying you can go to the website trustmapping.com that's trustmapping.com you've been listening to real faith and if you have any questions or comments you can send us a message through our website realfaith.org.au that's realfaith.org.au Thanks for listening and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life and real faith. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.